Father, we just thank you for this morning, God. We bless this moment, Lord Jesus. We ask that you would manifest your spirit in our midst, God, that you would fill us this morning, Lord. God, will you align our hearts with your purpose, with your will for us? Lord, that we would be in the likeness of your image, Lord, redeemed and restored by the power and the authority of your blood on that cross. The access has been open, Lord God, and so we thank you, Jesus. We consecrate this morning to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church. You can take your uh, your seats. Worship team. I'm not sure I might just stay with this mic here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How many of you are overjoyed this morning to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. All right. Beautiful. Guys, I am back for a part two, okay? If you weren't here two weeks ago, um, I had the privilege, uh, thank you, of preaching on the power of prayer, okay? And I felt like God wasn't done yet. I felt like God still wanted to uh, reveal something to us. He still wanted to reveal something to uh, his church, and so I'm not going to focus too much on what I said previously um, because we do have to keep going. But I do want to refresh your minds uh, from that Sunday. On the power of prayer, right? A life in prayer. What is a life in prayer? And All right. Thank you. <laughs> What is a life in prayer? We talked about um, some of the concepts of what prayer is and what prayer is not. And what, in fact, prayer is not. Prayer is not something that we use to inform God of what he needs to know for what we believe we need to receive. Amen. Prayer life, a life of prayer is a life of alignment with God's heart. It's a life where God, in that moment of relational uh, a dialogue with the Lord, he takes the opportunity to align our hearts with his will. And we spoke about the concepts of prayer that, uh, as it says in James chapter 4, those who ask and do not receive because they ask with the wrong motives. And the Bible doesn't contradict itself when it says in Mark chapter 11 that what we ask uh, uh, and believe in the name of Jesus, we will receive. But the context of this passage is that what we ask in alignment with the Lord's heart is what we truly receive when we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. So God has granted us this opportunity, not because he needed to, but because he so loved the world and he chose us and he desired from the very creation of the earth that we'd be an intricate part of establishing his kingdom here on earth. He gave us uh, uh, dominion and authority over uh, the living creations, and he's given us this access to which was broken at one point, but has been restored by the grace of Jesus, by his sacrifice on that cross. Praise be to Jesus. Amen. 
Um, it's been a week since we uh, wrapped up our moment of uh, fasting and, and prayer. Some people have actually even continued uh, to doing that. And it's such a powerful thing. I even, uh, uh, the Lord kind of uh, ministered in my heart uh, on this past Thursday, and I shared with, uh, with some of the people uh, about fasting and the fact that it's not just a posture of surrender, but in the moment of fasting and prayer, God postures our hearts to receive something new. He prepares us. He molds us in that moment uh, for, to receive something new. And um, before we receive something new, there are stages that God leads us through. Even as Jesus, before he began his effective ministry, um, he went through these stages. Jesus, uh, in, John, in uh, Matthew chapter 3, he comes and he is baptized. John the Baptist is in the desert and he's baptizing people from all the region. And he's baptizing them with water. But he speaks of the one who comes that will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And in fact, this promise has been fulfilled. We have received the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. And so Jesus uh, goes through this moment of baptism in the water. It's a moment of consecration. It's a moment of a public uh, 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 consecration of Jesus to say, Lord, I am here to do your will. This is what I have been created for. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, as Jesus uh, comes up from the water, says that the spirit of the Lord descended upon him like a dove. And the voice of God the Father said, this is my son whom I love in whom I am well pleased. And right after this moment, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is led by the spirit of God to be tempted by the devil in the wilderness as he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And so there are these stages of preparation, uh, uh, stages of forging, stages of molding to what God puts us through. Not because he wants, uh, uh, you know, he wants to, uh, uh, yeah, like you got you to gotta know this or you got to learn this. But because this is how God has determined that things should be. And as Jesus uh, goes through this harsh moment, he's tempted by the devil in various ways. And we know that even for Jesus, being 100% God and 100% in the nature of man in that moment as he's tempted in the desert, Jesus was weary. He was burdened in that moment. Even in fasting, even him being 100% God, he put himself in that place as a forging, as a molding of the Lord for what was to come. But you know there's good news. At the end of this fasting, the Bible says that angels came and tended to the Lord Jesus. They took care of him. They prepared him for a moment. And what happens after is so interesting because then Jesus begins his ministry. And the first thing he does, he steps, even in Matthew, uh, uh, still in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes on to uh, uh, picking and uh, his disciples. Amen. These disciples that um, for the enemy weren't, uh, weren't really a threat. Uh, these disciples that for the enemy, uh, while they were still fishermen, uh, weren't really a big deal uh, for the kingdom of, of, of Satan, for the kingdom of the devil. Uh, but Jesus reveals and releases a promise over them. He says, I will make you fishers of men. And so there is something truly intimidating uh, for the enemy when he understands uh, 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 this consecration, when he understands this preparation for what is to come. Amen. And so uh, 
Satan doesn't have a problem with these disciples when they're doing what they were just doing, when they were going about their daily life. And he doesn't have a problem with the church when the church is stagnant. In fact, he doesn't even want us to retreat. He doesn't need us to retreat. The only thing he needs is for the church not to advance. Amen. And so um, God's will is for the church to advance. It's not for the church to be stagnant. It's not for the church to just come here on a Sunday and, yeah, you know, I want to feel good about myself. Yeah, maybe Nico's going to tell me uh, uh, something that I want to hear. Maybe he's going to give me... Um, a word, and he's going to give me something. But no, God wants to forge us and mold us and prepare us for the newness that is to come to advance in his kingdom. Amen. And that is a great threat for the enemy. And when he sees this, that's when he starts moving. That's when he starts um, getting routed up. He starts getting uh, uh, angry and anxious and intimidated because he knows the power and the authority that is in the church of Jesus Christ. And even while we were in these moments uh, of prayer and fasting, uh, two weeks ago as I, as I was preparing for uh, my word, the power of prayer, I began uh, to be uh, attacked. Even on the previous Sunday from, from that first word, I was uh, praying over the seats um, as I, I, I like to do before. Uh, some of us here do before uh, service starts. We come in and we just pray over every seat, over every place, because we believe that God has something uh, to do this morning uh, in your lives. And so I was praying, and about over there on that side there, um, I was praying, and the Holy Spirit said to me, spirit of insanity. And right after that, a week after that, I went to preach, and I was interceding, uh, uh, the night before for the church, I was praying over the church and I was praying over that message. And I was, I had my anointing oil. And I was anointing my house, and you know, I was, f you know, fervently uh, praying. And I had, I had a dream. I was greatly attacked in my dreams. And it's funny because I spoke to to, to people after I shared this, and I started hearing not from one, not from two, not from three, not from four, four, but even more people telling me that they were being attacked in their dreams in this moment where we were fasting, in this moment where we were getting together and gathering in unity to pray for the purpose of God to be established in our church. And one of the dreams that I had was I was, um, I was in this room, and it was a, a very bright room. It was a white room. And there was this young girl. She, I don't know. She was maybe in her early teens. Um, and... She was there, and I was, I was next to her, and it was this room was all white, and I saw this woman, and she came out of a door, and she seemed very, very pale, and she had almost like a hospital gown. It was all white, and it looked like someone out of a psych ward. Like, I, I, I knew that. I had that conviction that it was somebody out of a psych ward, and she was there, and she stopped, and she, she started staring at us, and she looked at the girl, and she said a name, and I'm, I'm not sure this, if this means something to somebody here. It doesn't have to, but uh, uh, she said a name in, um, in the dream, and she looked to this young girl, and she said, come on, Steph. And I remember I, I, I went to kind of cover this girl, and I, you know, to, to, to protect her because I felt the intention of that woman and leading her somewhere, and it, it, it was, in fact, a, a spirit of insanity and as I, I went to cover, uh, she was transformed into this demonic figure. And it grew arms from all, from all sides. And her face 
was distorted and she came after me. And I woke up that day just in prayer and I was, you know, almost out of air. And I was like, you know, what's going on? And that happened. And then a week later, uh, I even shared this uh, with, uh, I think it was Cody or something on, on Wednesday. I said, man, like I've, I've, I had, I shared it with Gabby. I said, well, I'm just, I'm being greatly attacked like in, at night in my dreams. And I had another nightmare. And this time I was in a city and I was lost in a city. And I found this house and I, I, I go into this house and there are these, th- there's this family and they look like a normal family, like, you know, just good looking people. They're normal family and we were all talking and sharing experiences and whatnot, and I remember I went to sleep, and I slept that night in that house, and I woke up the next day, and I left to go and look uh, for something. Uh, I went to go, I don't know, find my way back home or something like that, and uh, there were these two women, and they were sisters, and I started noticing that they were coming after me, and every everywhere I went, every room that I entered, every house that I entered, that I, I could see that they were trying to kill me. They were persecuting me. And the word that kept coming to me uh, in my spirit as I slept was witches, witches, witches. And I feel there's this, and I, as I woke up praying in tongues and, and praying and interceding, uh, I just felt like there was this roaming over my house, like this spirit of fear just trying to creep into my house. And I started rebuking that. I started praying over that. And I felt this great attack that I knew for a fact is not moved by, it, it, it wasn't generated, it wasn't stirred up because of the fact that I wasn't doing anything, but because of the fact that we were in prayer, because of the fact that we were advancing in the kingdom of God. And the enemy, he does not want us to access these weapons. He does not want us to be united. He does not want us to be aligned with the purpose of God. He doesn't want us to be aligned with where God is leading us because he knows the threat that we are to what he wants to do. Amen. He's been given power on this earth, but the authority that is above every name is the name of Jesus. And that has been granted unto us through the power of the Holy Spirit to which we have received in Jesus Christ. Amen. And one of the things that uh, I want to I, I, I touch base on today um, is actually one of this weapons that God has made available onto us. And I want to speak uh, more in context, not to uh, impose something onto you, not to influence you, but rather to lead you through Scripture in the Holy Spirit, to reflect on this, to allow God to reveal this to you through Scripture, to allow God to bring uh, a full revelation and understanding of what God has for His people. He has prepared these things for us to equip us to prepare us for us to be able to resist the schemes of the enemy. Amen. And one of these things that, uh, that I want to talk about today is uh, the prayer in tongues. Okay? The prayer in tongues. But before that, I want to read a passage. It's in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 from verses 8 to 11. And it says... Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeing someone to devour, seeking somebody to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, 
knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so it's God's desire that he would confirm and strengthen and establish us in his presence. Amen. To prepare us to what he wants to do through us. And one of these things is the prayer of uh, tongues. And this isn't something mystical. This isn't something, you know, uh, uh, as it's been uh, some, many times seen as a stigma uh, by the church. It's been uh, used many times un- inappropriately uh, by other churches, even uh, to generate some form of distinction of a greater spiritual life in comparison to others. But it's none of that. It doesn't make you more spiritual if you pray in tongues, if you don't pray in tongues. It's just something that God has uh, revealed to us as an acts, as an accessible weapon to be used for the kingdom of God. But I want to bring uh, um, not an answer, obviously, like I said, a reflection to where God wants to lead us with this. But the question that, you know, many times we all ask is, can we all speak in tongues? Can we all speak in tongues? You know, everyone, it's, it's always that same question. Can everyone access this? And I'm not going to give you uh, this definitive answer, but I'm going to let the Holy Spirit through Scripture reveal this to you. Um, But before we can go ahead with that question, it's important for us to understand the distinction between what the Bible speaks of in the prayer of tongues. There are two biblical uh, expositions of what this uh, prayer of tongues, in fact, is. And I'm going to talk about the first one. Um, And it is the prophetic message through the prayer of tongues. And this is the one that's often accompanied by an interpreter. And this is what the Bible speaks of. Uh, It's one of the nine spiritual uh, gifts spoken of in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read it together. And for a fact, um, yeah, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verses 7 to 11. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And it says in verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Amen. And in 1 Corinthians, I want to read the next verse. It says 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 to 30. It says, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, Third, teachers, the miracles and gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kind of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. And so um, it might seem that in this verse, Paul's uh, implication when he asks about these gifts uh, above is that in fact uh, we haven't all received it. And he's correct on that. But the distinction in what Paul is saying here 
in, uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is that this specific speaking of tongues that he speaks of here, one of the nine gifts uh, poured out by the Spirit in accordance to his will, to whom he uh, has desired to pour it out onto, is uh, the message, the prophetic message of tongues through which the Bible requires an interpret to be alongside him. To, um, because it says it's for the common good of the church. And if it's not edifying the church, if it's not for the common good of the church, then it's not for the use of the church in that, in that context, in that scenario. Okay? And the second uh, spiritual tongues of what the Bible speaks about is the tongues for the purpose of self-edification. And this is the accessible uh, uh, tongues of self-edification. What God has poured out through his spirit onto us that we may access this. And it says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter four, 14, verse 2 to 4, it says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not, does not to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. But one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies, him, edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And so anyone who speaks in a tongue, it says here in verse 4, edifies themselves. And so there are these two distinctions of what God has uh, proposed for us. And reading through these scriptures and, and reflecting through this, um, Many believe that this whole that the Holy Spirit has not made it accessible unto us. Personally, me, I find it hard to believe that what God would would uh, uh, pour out for the self edification of uh, of the believer, He would not make available to all, and He would exclusively uh, give to some. Because when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit uh, that are giving that are given and distributed accordingly to each one, uh, when we're talking about that. Uh, if you don't have one gift, then you definitely have another. Or if you don't have one, you definitely have another. And all of these gifts are used for the edification of the church, for the common good of the church. But this uh, uh, scenario, this context of uh, speaking in tongues, God brings this revelation for the self-edification of the church. And it is a powerful weapon of alignment that God has uh, uh, not just uh, uh, given to us so that we may use it wrongly, so that we may use it emotionally, okay? There are manifestations of emotions when the Holy Spirit moves, but these are not emo emotionally led. These are spirit-led uh, 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 promptings of the Spirit in our hearts in alignment with God wants to do. And the prayer of tongues is that, and it's, it's accessible to us. Right? Does this mean that God, uh, uh, you know, there's so much skepticism in the church with regards to this, with regards to uh, speaking in tongues, with, regard, with regards to accessing this, with regards to seeking a deeper understanding and revelation. But I want to ask you, church, would God give us something that we'd never needed? Right? Or would God uh, uh, um, give us this predisposing access to these tongues, to his spirit? Uh, to the self-edification through praying in tongues if he did not have a purpose for it, right? And my message, like I said, is not to disqualify like every other aspect and characteristic of the Holy Spirit and the body of the church, but it's to emphasize that there's no distinction between uh, uh, a life-led 
by prayer and scripture and a life led by a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. This is not, they're not separate things. They're one thing united and intertwined for one purpose and one purpose alone, for the glory and honor of the name of Jesus Christ, that we might use this for the forthcoming and advancing of the kingdom of God. It's not something that we pick and choose. It's not an optional when you get a new car. Oh, no, it's okay. I don't want this. No, God has made this available and accessible to us that we might be equipped against the enemy with every weapon, with every, uh, uh, that's why the Bible says, like I read, he's coming to confirm, to strengthen us, uh, 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 to validate, to equip us. Amen. These are not weapons moved by emotions or feelings or goosebumps. These are uh, weapons given and accessed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 39, it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Why does he say this? Why does he say everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way? It's because the church that he's speaking to, the church in Corinth, was a church known to be very led by their emotions, was very led by their fleshly desires. And so uh, uh, at the same time that it's important to understand what we've received in the Holy Spirit, the weapons we have access to, it's important to understand that with that, the Holy Spirit also desires to have order. It also desires to have discernment. It also desires to have uh, uh, to operate in this with wisdom and with the guidance of the Spirit. Okay, not emotionally led, but spirit led. And the only way that we are led in alignment with the Spirit is if we uh, uh, live a life of constant, intentional, and devotional prayer. It's preparing ourselves for what God wants to use us to, for what God wants to do through us. Amen. Ah. There's, I, I, I got a lot out there, guys. I just felt like I needed to. All right. I hope, I hope you received it. I hope, I hope you understood what I'm talking about. Because these weapons are a great threat to the enemy. And he does not want us to tap into this understanding. He does not want us to tap into this revelation. But the Holy Spirit is eager today. He's eager today to reveal this to you. He's eager today that you would experience the fullness, not 90%, not 80%, but 100% of his good, pleasing, and perfect will for his people. And I want to receive this church. I want us to be led in a fitting and orderly manner that we would glorify God with every resource he's made available to us. Amen? Church, I want to I wanna invite up the, the worship team. Um, we're going to have uh, a moment very soon of, uh, of prayer. And, but I want to speak before this, I want to speak about the distinctions of how God uh, pours his spirit onto us. The distinctions of how God desires for us to receive these gifts, how God desires, how God has uh, intended us to receive this.
the disciples, they receive a command from Jesus to go to, to, to Jerusalem, to pray and to wait. Amen. And in, chap, and in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it says that they are praying and waiting. It says on the day of Pentecost, they receive. It says, and divided. Um, um, can we go to verse? Yes. Okay. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. It says, and divided tongues. It says, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Church in Genesis chapter 11, a man named Nimrod, great-grandson of Noah, he's a mighty hunter and he, he, he's a builder of cities. And he's, as he's building these cities, he comes to this desire that is corrupted in his heart. And he says, we're going to build a tower. It's called the Tower of Babel. And as he builds this tower, he says, we're going to build a tower and we're going to reach the heavens and we will make our names known. And you know what happens after? God sees the intention of man's heart and he scatters the languages. He confuses them. He instills in them a spirit of confusion in the midst of these men. But something happens as Jesus is a... Uh, 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 sacrifice on the cross and as he is resurrected in Acts chapter 2 the languages are united once again in one purpose in one spirit for the glory and the manifestation of the name and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It was once scattered but has now been realigned and recommitted through the Holy Spirit that he has poured out onto us that all who believe will freely receive. And this was through prayer and waiting. And the other is through um, a spontaneous manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's in Acts chapter 10. Okay, and this is uh, speaking about uh, Cornelius. He's a centurion, and uh, uh, he gets a vision from God. And it says here in chapter, uh, Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 46, it says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. And the final one that I want to share with you is in Acts chapter 19. And as we go into this moment of worship, I want to invite you, church. You have not received this access. You have not tapped into this you have not desired yet to seek and understand further maybe you might not receive it today maybe you might receive it another day but I want to invite you church 
The Holy Spirit is eager this morning to reveal something powerful to you. And he wants to equip you with every resource necessary for the forthcoming of the kingdom of God. He wants to strengthen you and confirm the purpose to which he has called you to. In Acts chapter 19 it says, And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking in tongues. And prophesy. Church, we're going to have the, the worship team now. And we're going to have our prayer team that's going to be here in the middle. And as we worship, as we lift up the name of Jesus, as we draw in and we lean into this atmosphere of worship, this atmosphere of surrender, this atmosphere of consecration, this atmosphere of being equipped with these weapons of the Lord, I want to invite you to take a bold step of faith. If you feel like this is something you want, you don't want to be stagnant. You don't want to be uh, 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 um, complacent. You don't want to be um, in the same place that you've been, but you want to experience something new in the Lord. I want to invite you to take this step of faith. If you need prayer for something, I want you to come down. This is an opportunity that the Lord is giving you today to receive a fresh portion. Don't be frightened. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power in the Lord. Hallelujah. It says in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 to 21, it says, and I'll end with this. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens and above in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day and it shall come to pass receive this right now in Jesus name all those who believe and it shall come to pass that everyone not just one or two but everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved in Jesus name you who desire today to receive the Spirit of God, to receive a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. You have never experienced this before. The Lord wants to pour this out this morning. For all those who call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. This is a promise of the Lord this morning. Receive this church. Step into faith right now. Step in faith to where God wants to lead you. Don't wait another day. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And even as we worship, I want to invite you to stand up, church. I want to invite you to stand up. And if you feel comfortable in raising your hands, if you feel comfortable in, 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 in releasing an in, in incense of worship, Denver shared this with me this morning. He said that the incense is not just something that comes up, but it, it, it fills the room. It fills the atmosphere. 
Psalm 141, it says, let's, uh, David says, let the lifting of my hands be as of the evening sacrifice. It's our physical posture dictating our spiritual expectation this morning. There's something new he wants to do, church. Step into it. Step into it in Jesus' name. Don't wait another moment. In Jesus' name. And for those of you who have received the gift of tongues, for those of you who have received, if you feel comfortable, if you feel led by the Spirit right now, not in a, in a crazy way, but in a way that the Spirit is leading you, you can pray in tongues. You can lift this worship to Him. You can be edified in this moment. The Spirit of God wants to do something. You can worship Him this way. You can lift your praises. You can lift your prayers to Him. You can receive this alignment this morning and you can access Him.
of disbelief right now. Chains of disbelief right now. Chains of fear right now are being broken. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, you said that what we ask, that what we ask, if we believe in accordance to your name, we will receive, Father. And so we pray, Lord, not against your word, Lord, but in accordance to your word, Lord, that we would receive, Lord, your fire, that we would receive your spirit, Lord, that we would receive, Lord God, baptize us, Lord Jesus, with your fire, Lord. Baptize us, Lord God, with a spirit of faith.
The enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to breathe life and life abundant. If you have breath in your lungs, he's not done with you yet. The enemy can't take you out. The enemy can't take you out. Come on, somebody. The enemy can't take you out. Lord, right now we just pray over every single person's mind, Lord Jesus, that has been held captive by the enemy, that's been held in bondage, that's been held in fear. Lord, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that has authority and dominion above all names, above all things. Lord, we pray that you would break it off in the mighty name of Jesus. Spirit of fear, you are not welcome of fear. Spirit of suicide, you are not welcome in here. Spirit of depression, you are not welcome in here. Spirit of anxiety, you are not welcome in here. Lord, reign in this place. Lord, reign in your people. Lord, reign in the minds of your children, Lord Jesus. We pray for complete freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, only you can do it. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place with your peace. Come and fill this place with your comfort. You are the good comforter, Lord. You bring hope. You bring you bring everlasting life. You bring life and life abundant, Lord Jesus. We claim victory over the darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. You are the light of the world. You are the light of our salvation. We are covered in the blood of Jesus. We claim the blood of Jesus over every single child in this place, Lord God, that no weapon formed against them would prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you order our steps. You order our steps, Lord Jesus, so we walk in the way of life. We walk in the way of life, Lord Jesus. Come revive us this morning, Lord. Come revive us. Come awaken your church, Jesus. Come awaken your church, Jesus. We are here for you, Lord. We are here for you. Build an army, Jesus. Build up an army, Lord Jesus. Ready and equipped for worship. Ready and equipped to go out onto the streets of Toronto and say, you are called to life. You are called to life. You are called to life.
we are grateful for the time, but I just pray and I just ask that you would be able to bless us with that so that we'll be able to even minister even longer and minister to your name and worship your name longer and to open your word and grow deeper and deeper. Lord, we just thank you for all these things. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Well, I know usually we do a MC spot and we have church news and all these things, but we are very over time right now. So we are going to end it here. We are so grateful and thankful for every single one of you that has come out. And like I said, if you have questions or you're, you weren't sure what just happened, talk to us. Please do not go from this space and be in doubt because I know that doubt is such a, a strong and powerful thing, but we will stick around. We just have to leave this spot, which is unfortunate, but I promise you that as we lift his name on high, he will receive the glory and the honor which we have this morning. So we are thankful for everyone that's come out. If you have any questions or you want to see what we're doing next week, we'll be here at the same time. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll go on Instagram. You'll probably hear all about the, our news and everything like that. But thank you everyone for coming out.
Have you ever noticed that go?